0: I think you can really also shoulder and form a team that kind of helps uplift your confidence. And then it's sort of like, we can do this. You can do it. And it's this collective strength that comes.
1: For some of the most pivotal years of my life, tears were tucked back and hidden behind a masquerade of being tough being a warrior, someone who could hustle, work hard, and get things done. But it wasn't until I started to get more in tune with who I really am that things took off in my business. Welcome to I Might Cry, a podcast exploring how heart, mind, body, and spirit are all deeply woven into the way we do business. With guest interviews from experts in business strategy, therapy, emotional intelligence, the human body, and so much more. I'm your host, Elizabeth Marks of Almond Leaf Studios. I've been capturing luxury weddings around the globe for decades, and now have the privilege of educating others on how to build and grow profitable business, doing what they love. I'm on a journey of self-discovery, of becoming more of the uniquely beautiful, messy, and complex human that I was created to be. And I wanna invite you to do the same. Join me on this adventure of uncovering the walls we've built that keep us stuck in patterns of limitation so that we can journey into living life with arms and hearts wide open. Let's venture into this together. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for being on today with me. I'm so excited to have my friend and floral designer, Etherly, Lee, of Fluorescence Flowers. We have kind of grown alongside each other for many, many years and watched each other grow and been able to spur each other on and work together, I think, to really elevate our brands together. So I'm really excited to have a conversation with you and share your unique giftedness with the world. So hi
0: and welcome. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. I love getting to talk with you and getting to obviously, having seen our businesses grow together and sort of being in the same area, it's always a pleasure. when I know you're photographing our work.
1: Oh, I feel the same way. Anytime I see your name pop up and like, you know, we're working together on a wedding or even when we're talking about collaborating for an editorial or something, I just get so excited. I'm like, oh, it's going to be so good. I know it's going to be amazing. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, I think there's a really unique interaction or exchange that can happen between like florists and photographers specifically. I'm curious from your perspective, how important is the relationship with a photographer when you're trying to really grow and elevate your brand as a florist?
0: Well, I think it's 100% hands down the most important piece to a wedding. And I think over the years, we're in our like 11th year of business. It's been one of the greatest parts is that as we have gotten higher budget and better weddings, we in turn get better photographers. And so it's been part of this stair step of building our business. And in those pivotal years where we were still sort of small and not quite in the niche that we're in now, I would pay photographers to come with me and shoot. Or if I knew a good photographer was on it, we went above and beyond. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just completely a, a make or break situation as far as a business. I mean, of yeah. course we're gonna deliver for the client, but as far as like having images, it's all about who's photographing it. It's sort yeah. of like a tree fall in the forest, you know. <laughs> Did the photographer capture what happened? Yeah. So hands down, it's critical.
1: And I feel that way for myself too. Like I think when I first was starting my business, I had no real awareness about like floral design at all. So I was just like, Oh, flowers pretty like whatever. I didn't know anything about flowers. I didn't understand the the differences between them or even literally a single flower can articulate can communicate this is luxury or this is cheap. This is a budget wedding, you know, like and I had no idea any of that. And so I, I think it's really interesting. To look at a lot of the floral design, like when I have a wedding where I know that you're the one that's creating the flowers or somebody else that I feel like is really, really elegant and elevated, like they're just beautiful florals. I will too. I'll go above and beyond. And sometimes I'll even like show up early. Sometimes I'll, you know, try to make sure that we have whatever it takes to make sure that we're really getting those floral images for you guys, but also for our clients and for our brand, because I know that it really does matter. I think it's a huge part of the overall designer aesthetic, a huge part of like what's communicating to other brides. <laughs> There's a lot of times where when I think a bride is planning her day, I think a lot of times she looks at things for inspiration and she just knows that she likes it or she doesn't. She doesn't really know like if that costs a lot or if it doesn't. But I think the flowers are a huge, huge, huge part of what people are drawn to. do you would you agree with that?
0: Absolutely. I think it really does. It's, it's part of the experience. I think people mm-hmm. don't realize like the venues we, they go in and they're having their weddings are all beautiful. And we often hear like, oh, it's so pretty. We don't need flowers. But I think it's part of the experience for everyone. So is the food and the music and all of it. But I think that it really sets the tone. And I think it becomes experiential for the guests, whether it's smell, sight, just transformed in a place where you know in our culture we don't really have flowers except at weddings people don't spend money on them and so I think it's a time where people can really be immersed in them and see things that you don't see at Trader Joe's or the grocery store or even the far and few flower shops that are around these days.
1: Ooh, my brain's like spinning with all kinds of ideas about Like different flowers and what they all communicate and like tones and textures. I know you probably geek out on all that stuff, just knowing you and your love for art and creativity. When you're working through a design with somebody, how much does all of that impact? Like, I'm sure there's so many different things that go into creating the final product that maybe a lot of us would never even think about. How does that work on the back end for you? And are there ways that you're always looking to kind of up level your own brand as you're kind of creating?
0: Well, I think a lot of it has to do with the client. And it's sort of what we were talking about before about the better the budget, the client, the photographer. It doesn't always mean the bigger the budget, the more freedom we have. I think it depends on the creative freedom that the client gives us. So, some brides want what they want and they know exactly what they want, or they want us to replicate. You know, we don't replicate pictures, but we can follow a feel. Some say, We love your work, we trust you, make this special. And those are the clients where we can push the boundaries and we can do things that people don't see, or some type of installation that they haven't thought of, removing roses from a design. So it's just unexpected flowers, things that you can't really conceptualize in your mind, but when you see it, you know, it's different. It changes, you know, or using a color or, for example, I mean, here's one is we're doing an installation this weekend, and we have this sort of balance of a client that kind of is traditional and wants this look, but has given us a little freedom on this installation. So we're like, what can we do that kind of keeps it traditional, but pushes the limits and provides something that we've never done before, that's creative for us, but also that makes it her own unique experience and pictures and that her guests can be wowed by that maybe she didn't think of. Obviously, we have clients, we can't do that. So I think it's all part of that experience. And then, you know, in the process of sort of, recipeing, a lot of that comes down to sort of the way a chef would make a meal is we kind of break down what is special and what needs to be in there that's costly and then sort of finding the other things that we can fill in that Mm -hmm. will give a full feel or a wildflower lush light feel. Depending on whatever it is, that product is part of this recipe. That's where there's a lot of creative play too, I think where it's pulling in locally foraged things, locally grown things versus say all garden roses or peonies or something like that.
1: Mm. You know, as a creative because you are one of the most creative people
0: that I know. I mean, I have a team of super creative people and I want to pass that along. It's it's a it's a crew of us.
1: Yeah. How do you make sure that you are staying creatively inspired? Has that been challenging as you have continued to up level and like take on more weddings and more volume? The sheer volume of what you're doing at each wedding has increased quite a bit as well. I've seen over the years. So how do you be able to maintain any of that kind of creative inspiration or have you? Has that been a struggle?
0: Well, it's definitely was a struggle in 2019. And I think that was the blessing of COVID is we all had so much rest and downtime Mm -hmm. that we were able to just be inspired with quiet and nature and art and just the down strange year and a half we've had. So I think part of it comes also from adding some new people to our team has helped like just fresh blood, you Mm -hmm. know. For lack of a better way of saying it, and sort of how we can play together and come up with ideas and collaborate. It is a hard part of it. I think sometimes it's just repeat, repeat. Mm -hmm. But I think the ways we can do it are these opportunities where we can do a mantle different. And some of it's simple, or sometimes it's use a flower. Like now dahlias are out. So we're like, yay, we get dahlias, like a just another product or We buy a new vessel that we can use and design in that we love. Or sometimes it can be something little. It doesn't have to be this huge thing. I do think having some of the destination weddings that we were just talking about is inspiring because it's almost like a new canvas. We get to go to a new location Mm -hmm. and it's kind of starting from scratch and it does inspire us. But I think the biggest thing is managing burnout for us Mm -hmm. creatively. Our work is very physically exhausting. People don't think about how much we schlep things. It's like 90% schlepping. So I think it's really trying to balance quiet downtime too. Mm
1: -hmm. So that's part of the creative process, I think. How have you been able to kind of prioritize that over the years? Has that been a struggle? I, it's the hardest part
0: of, I yeah. think, this industry and I think anyone in this industry. I think for many years, it was I was very driven to grow my business and I just had this fire under me and I wanted to do bigger events. And in order to do that, I had to have more people and I had to work my way up. Then I've had a couple of years where I've sort of wanted to level out and then COVID was sort of a gift. It was terrifying and heartbreaking, but it was also a gift to where it was like, I feel like I have teenagers. I feel like I got this gift of time with them. Mm-hmm. I got downtime. I was able to retain my employees. So I think it's a bit of this ramping up, leveling, slowing down, ramping back up. Mm-hmm. Like now I kind of feel fired up again. Yeah. I think it's undulating and I think it comes and goes. And yeah, the goal is to do, as anyone says, to do less weddings, less quantity. Mm -hmm. And I think there were the years we had to just do a lot in order to sort of reach a threshold. And I think we're there and I think we can sort of now pick and choose our work more so. Mm -hmm. And so I'm hoping 2022, that's where I can secure and cautious and safe in my choosing of what we book, you know, not out of fear. Choose events. that's a
1: great reminder to all of us, you know, especially for somebody that's listening that maybe is newer in the industry. You know, you and I have been in this for quite a while, and there's a really high burnout rate. There's a huge, huge, huge turnover. You know, every, I mean, I think the average is like three years or something. It's pretty wild. And when I think about that, I think in our culture in general, not just in the wedding culture, but in our culture in general, it is very hustle. There's this hustle culture. You've got to work hard to make money. In fact, right before we hopped on here, I was actually doing a tapping video that was all about the changing the belief that I have to work hard in order to deserve to make money. And it was really fascinating, the things that kept coming up for me and and how even my body was responding. Like I kept yawning a ton through it where you know, they say that's like a a symbol of your body kind of like beginning to change those beliefs and releasing those old beliefs. And I know for me, that has certainly been a huge, huge part of it. So I'm really interested for you because I think, you know, I've witnessed you growing from like, we both were kind of like shooting these like backyard barn weddings, you know, pretty low budget. I don't even know if you had a team at that point up to where you are now, where now you're doing these huge, gorgeous luxury events that are just incredible. And it's been, I know, has not come without a lot of mindset shifts as well for you. So I'm curious what that process has been like and how you've learned to prioritize rest. Because as a physical job, the kind of job that you have that is creatively demanding, but also physically demanding, like you're saying, your body cannot keep going. Like you just can't keep like, push hard, hustle stronger, you know, like just keep pushing through because your body will physically give out. Whereas I think that's a beautiful representation for a lot of us. It may not be a physical thing, but emotionally, creatively, there's all these other ways that we can so easily begin to push ourselves beyond our limits and begin to burn out. So I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on all of that. And then also on what that process has been like to grow your team. You know, I've witnessed it from the outside, but I'm super curious how you've evolved in the way that you've grown behind the scenes with your mindset, even.
0: Sure. And I'll see if I can answer that in a fluid way. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of the shift has been me saying, okay, there's only so much that I can physically do or mm-hmm. one or two employees. And so it's been hiring more people. And then with that has its own sort of, not complications, but challenges.
1: I was gonna say, is that scary? A lot of people listening probably have never hired somebody for their business. So was that scary the first time you hired? And is it scary every time you do? For me, I mean, the whole thing has been
0: challenges and fear. And I think you know there's been a lot of scary decisions and I think you just have to be brave. I had to push through that fear and know where I wanted to be and do it. And if I hadn't, I wouldn't be here. And so for me, it's, it's been this process where from the very beginning, I'm sort of diverting from your question, but from the beginning, it was like, I set goals and I set five-year goals. I set one year and I set s- six-month goals. And like I have literally accomplished the goals, but I knew what they were and I, I knew where I wanted to be. And it helps sort of say, I'm moving forward. It just made sense rather than it just being like crazy. I got a great wedding. I'm not getting great weddings. Uh, uh," You know, like I was able to sort of chronologically see the growth because I was meeting my goals. Mm -hmm. And as I started hiring more people, I saw that, A, we could do more and our work was better. I mean, I have designers that work for me that are better than I am. And it's been a long process, you know, sort of my ego and letting go and sort of stepping back. And I actually hired a business coach at one point who talked about that you can either be the light. It was a really cool quote, but it was something like, you can be the candle that burns bright, or you can be the mirror that reflects. Hmm. And in a way, that was a shift of my business is that I decided like, in order to do these kind of weddings that I wanted to do, I had to have the people and I had to have the creatives and I had to have other designers and I had to have muscle. I had to have some men and women that were just ready to hustle and be resourceful. It's been a process. And so now I have a team of about 12 to 14 employees and about eight of them are full time. And so it's, it's a lot. I didn't start this way. It's been like my first full-time employee was terrifying. Mm -hmm. And I had to give this person a salary and it was the scariest thing. I didn't even have a salary. So I think it's just been a process, a step-by-step-by-step. And it's been like trying to find balance and trying to break through fear Mm -hmm. and like keeping my eye on the prize. Yeah. So for me personally, I've had to do things like You mentioned tapping, like get acupuncture and make exercise and rest really important and a priority just for my own health and physicality. I've had to create boundaries where I don't text with clients. I don't respond to emails on weekends. Whereas for many years, I worked all night all the time. And I finally just said, this is all I can do. And through this process, I was able to hire an assistant that can help me with that, too. So I think a lot of it's really putting up boundaries, having Mm self-care. It's having that for your employees as well, because I think now what I feel like I'm doing is keeping them happy so that they can be creative and help us produce. It's sort of like a train or, you know... Like this moving thing. I'm guiding it, but everybody's contributing and a part of it. And so I have to keep them happy as well as rested and inspired and challenged. With all of that comes drama and stress and people and but for me, I couldn't handle the stress and the pressure of taking on weddings and feeling like it was just me. And like, how could I do this or one other person? So now that stress is gone. I know if I got sick or something happened to me, the weddings would happen. That was a fear I lived with for many years of like, what if I'm in a car wreck? What if, what
1: if, what if? And now I know
0: like I have a team that will do this. Mm-hmm.
1: What would you say, like looking back, if you could give yourself this advice or even somebody who's maybe never hired some support in their business and they are living in that kind of solopreneur space where they're like overwhelmed with a lot of fear and probably just overwhelmed in everything you know, you talked about that fear and kind of having to just like push through the fear or move forward anyway, even if there is fear there, what would you say to yourself looking back? Is there anything that you would say like advice you would give yourself when you were at that stage or to somebody that might be at that stage? I'm interrupting this episode briefly to invite you to join me for my digital at-home workshop to help you uncover limiting beliefs that hold you back from achieving your dreams. To access it, go to almondleafstudios.com forward slash limiting beliefs. Light a candle, grab a pen, get cozy with a printable workbook and a 40 minute workshop that will help invite you to take a look at the ways that your subconscious beliefs might be hindering the goals you have in your business. Again, go to almondleafstudios.com forward slash limiting beliefs to get your free access today. Now back to the show.
0: I wish I had done it earlier because I think that the business was a little lonely because it was me a lot of the times and in my studio were one or two other people who were kind of part-time and i love like that there's people around and i think part of it is just push through your fear and no like for me i sort of needed to check my ego and realize that like there are people that are better at all of these things than me. Yeah, And I never thought I was the best. It's just, it's sort of like having a baby and creating something. It's hard to let go. Mm-hmm. And I think by me stepping back and listening to people's advice and having somebody do something that maybe I wouldn't have done that turned out fabulous, it was so good. And I, I don't know what I was holding on to for many years. Yeah, I resonate it, with
1: that so much. Yeah, I feel like in every single time that I take that next step where I begin to like hire some support or outsource something, it always feels terrifying. Like, even if it feels like really peaceful and aligned, there's still fear that comes up. And I think, you know, I don't know if that's like a, like an upper limit of like a, you know, the, the ways that we kind of prevent ourselves from moving forward because we've never been outside that comfort zone or where it comes from, really, but it's always been true for me, even if it's a little clunky at first, and it takes a little, you know, judging around, or like, you know, maybe that first person that you hire isn't like the perfect person, and you have to sure. find somebody else. Like there's always it's not just like you fall right into perfection. No, but, no,
0: no for sure.
1: <laughs> that's right. It's just so freeing and so beautiful. And it's Gosh, I would say the same thing. As soon as you said that, I was like, oh, that's absolutely what I would have told myself is, you know, do it now. Like almost like immediately when you start, you know, I think the beauty of a successful business and and really moving into that more true kind of like business ownership instead of just the being the one that just does everything. And I think there's a beauty that comes in that because you begin to allow yourself to do what you are truly best at. And, And inevitably, as you bring more people in, it kind of migrates you up further in the, the business and in the way that you're kind of structuring your business. So the more people that come in, the more you begin to kind of just help manage and oversee them. And it frees you up to do the things that you really, truly are gifted at the things that you are uniquely designed to do and allowing other people to come in and support you with the things that they're uniquely gifted at. I mean, what a beautiful way to move throughout creation. You know, it's like a rose bush gets to be a rose, you know, and a... Totally. Huge elm tree gets to be an elm and and together they live in harmony. And there's just this enjoyment of creation as we each get to do like what we're uniquely designed to do. So I've loved watching you grow in that and how you oh, have brought you. your team in to, to come alongside you.
0: Thank you. It's really, it's really great. I think for me, it's been, I think the biggest sort of letting go is that I design less than I, you know, I used to design pretty much most things. And then my head production and I would design everything. And now it's less and less. And that's been a hard thing I've had to let go of. But there's so much going on that there's no way to do it all. And so that's, again, where I realized being the face of the company and doing sales, and then overseeing everything has been kind of where my strong suit is like I can design and I can step in and help but I also have people that are really good. I have a a woman who is my assistant who also sort of acts as HR and it's amazing because you know you think about all the things like payroll and stubs and reimbursement for mileage and gas and lunches and drinks on a hot day. And so she's become this sort of mama bear who kind of takes care of everyone. It's been an essential part of finding all these pieces that make this whole thing happen Mm. to where the staff are supported. The resources are here in our studio. We are communicating with our planners and our vendors and our clients. We have the most beautiful product we can get. You know, it's just there's so many pieces to the puzzle that one or two or even three people can't do. So it's been the coolest, most humbling part of this whole thing is sort of creating something and then kind of letting go and
1: stepping back Mm -hmm. and continuing to step back. Let me just say, you have been a, a huge inspiration with that. You know, I think watching others in the industry and people that I know and love on a personal level as well, where I've been able to witness that growth, has been inspiring. And I think that's a beautiful part of of kind of progressing in business and in you know really moving through those fears and and kind of up leveling is that we then inspire those around us to do the same thing. So thank you for pursuing that from the little ways that you've affected me and kind of inspired me to do that. It's interesting to me to like hear you say all of that, because even right now in my business, as I think about some decisions we're making, and and then a couple places that we're hiring for some more support, I think about the freedom and the release that's coming with them. You know, we just made a decision a couple of days ago to hire somebody. And I literally just felt like I took this huge collective breath of like, (sighs) Oh, <sighs> okay, like I can probably begin to breathe again. And it's crazy to me to look back on all of the years that I've been doing this, where I told myself the story that I had to do all of it, that I had to be the one to do run those taxes and to keep track of, of receipts and bookkeeping, and to do all of the editing, and to handle all the client correspondence, and to do album design, and I mean everything. And I'm like, no wonder I lived with so much stress and so much anxiety. And I felt overwhelmed all of the time. And I think I just believed that that's what business was like, that it just had to be like that, that that's, you know, what it looked like to be in business. And I would notice other people that seemed to not do business that way. And I told myself these stories about why that was possible for them, but not me that maybe they they had more money or because they were able to book higher end weddings, they were able to do that, but I would never be able to do that. Or, you know, I would tell myself all these stories of like, that's why they get to have that support and they get to have a team of people that does that. And this is why I can't. So I'm curious, for me, there's been a ton of work of like, that's where all of the change has been coming from in my business. It's all started with that kind of internal dialect with me and dialect, the dialogue, <laughs> Sure. Um, yeah. you know, really changing that, changing those beliefs. Have you had to deal with any of that in in your own business and in your own life? I mean, I think a hundred percent. I think it would be silly to say no
0: because to start off, when I started this business, I guess it was eleven years ago. I had never worked in a flower shop. I mean, I did not even know what I was doing. I knew plants, I knew design, but I just sort of. Told myself, I can learn, I can figure this out, I'm going to do this. And so I feel like I've been faking it the whole time. (laughs) You know, there's like some element of like, trust me, I got this. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? So I think 100%. You know, I've been like, oh, we're in Brevard, North Carolina. There's no way we can do the events like they do in California or Atlanta. I've always gone through that. Or, oh, we can't walk into a beautiful wholesale flower place where all these other designers can and pick out this product that looks like it's flown straight from Holland. Mm-hmm. You know, we have to order everything in and we're limited by that. We're limited by our clients, whatever excuse it is and whatever thoughts it is. I also am a mom. I have children. There's no way I can do this. I mean, there's everyone in the book. Mm -hmm. But I think there's been a way that, you know, I realized, well, we can go other places. My children can watch me work hard and learn value in that. And we can find these clients, you know, now planners from all over the country are calling us to go other places. So you have to work through your fear. It's back Mm -hmm. to that or excuses or whatever it is that maybe holds you back It doesn't mean that it's not there. I think the sky is unlimited. And in this industry that is flourishing and continues to flourish, and I'm using that word, but the events and wedding industry is unbelievable and continuing to grow. Mm -hmm. It might burst again. It'll inflate, deflate. It's going to do its thing, but people are always going to get married. They're always going to gather And so I feel like it's a strong industry. And if you can find out whatever success is to you, whether that is doing for Floral, a $5,000 wedding, doing a $100,000 wedding, making money at it, just getting to work with great photographers. I mean, I remember when my first goal was like to work at a certain venue or to have a minimum of $3,000. And then you just keep going and keep going. It's kind of part of that journey. Mm -hmm. So I guess to answer your question is just work past the excuses and the fear and just take it slowly where you want it to be and what serves you. Some people don't want to travel. Some people don't want to have 12 employees. Mm -hmm. Some people want to make modest money. So I think whatever it is, there's a niche. And I think you can carve it out and everybody's different in that sense.
1: And it's such a beautiful reminder too, that we get to have that freedom. Like that's the beauty of being a business owner, you know, is that we can allow it to ebb and flow and change. We were talking right before we started recording where I was saying, we went through a season where I was like, okay, destination weddings, here we go. And we were flying all over the place. We were shooting incredible weddings in amazing locations and we would plan Little vacations around, you know, this these destinations that we would go to, and we loved it. And then we had little ones, and I was like, I don't want to be gone for ten days at a time because I have a baby at home. That's really tricky when you're nursing. I mean, they're, they're just tiny; they need you, you know. So we intentionally completely shifted our entire branding and all of our marketing to be more local, and it felt almost like a like a compromise at the time where I was like, no, we've arrived, we're doing destination, you know, and now I'm like, wah, we're just going to be local. <laughs> but what's happened is that it's actually been really fun and really beautiful. And we've grown our business even more during that time. And it's allowed me to kind of get more clarity on the amount of time that I'm investing. So even when I do travel, like making sure that I'm allotting, financial return on that time that's invested sure. to travel too. And whereas I wouldn't, I wasn't thinking about that prior to them. Yeah. So it's just allowed me to like be more intentional and strategic with every area of my business. I think parenthood will do that to you. you. You become more aware that time is also a currency. It's not just financial currency, you know, that the time that you invest is a currency as well. And so to be really strategic with that also can be really important. What success looks like to you can shift and evolve and change and that's i feel like the beauty of entrepreneurship that and the blessing in disguise of like we're all constantly being invited to dig deep into ourselves and kind of work through those fears work through those limiting beliefs start to change what we believe is possible for ourselves one of the greatest gifts of entrepreneurship and one of the hardest parts of entrepreneurship sure. as well
0: well and one thing you just said that made me think cuz you know if you surround yourself with confident excited people that are really into supporting this business or working, I think you can really also shoulder and form a team that kind of helps uplift your confidence. Absolutely. And then it's sort of like, we can do this. You can do it. And it's this collective strength that comes. I mean, obviously, the negative to what I'm saying is... Having a large number of employees is I have to have enough work to pay people. Mm -hmm. And so that is the downsize of the more you take on, obviously, the more you're going to have to do. So Mm -hmm. there is that fine line between being overstaffed and being understaffed. And I think that's like anyone in the floral industry that's listening knows that several years ago, you could not find freelance designers. And so I literally had to ask my friends, my husband, like whoever would help. Now there are people that I can find that freelance, but you know, eight, nine years ago, I just, I didn't, they didn't exist in the area. And so I would have to fly in flower friends from other places Mm -hmm. to help. And that's costly. Mm -hmm. There's that fine line between having employees and not having them and having resources of people that can help you. Yeah. Uh, you know, Yeah.
1: And community, I think is a huge part of that. You know, like, I know that there's been times where I've had people, even floral friends that have been like, Hey, we need some support for this. Anybody want to do it? And if it's a date I'm available, I'm like, I'll go like trim roses for you. And you know, like yeah. move buckets, like that's fun, because I get to be around pretty flowers. So I think yeah. Building and growing community and feeling not alone in business ownership, I think, is a huge, huge part of growth. I thought of one uh, recent experience where, when you're talking, where I had just a week that I was just feeling really down and like physically, I just felt exhausted. And I just felt like I was really trying to like listen to my body and not keep pushing and keep, you know, hustling through that and, and rest where I could. And I started to have all these like doubts creep in of like, is this ever going to even work? Will I ever even be able to support this person that I'm hiring? And what if they can't do it better than I can? What if I'm going to always feel frustrated with the way that they do it? And I'm, you know, all of those like totally irrational fears and thoughts that that typically aren't actually coming from any kind of a truth. It's usually ego, you know, speaking. Yeah. And I was just having this really like down time. And I started to think about it. And I'm like, because of the support that I've invested in, in my business, my business is going to keep moving forward this week. If I take the whole week off and don't even like check in, my business is gonna keep going. This is incredible. <laughs> like yeah. it's just such a different experience than when I was just running the thing, the entire thing myself and working all hours of the day at night and any moment I could and still always felt like I could never keep up and it was never enough. And mm-hmm. oh, it's just such a different, different experience. And I'm so I grateful.
0: Totally, for it. I totally agree. We've we've started doing corporate work when COVID hit, it was like All of our eggs were in one basket of only doing weddings and events. We don't do retail. We went from a lot of income to nothing. Mm -hmm. And I started reaching out. We had a connection for a corporate account. We started doing that and we reached out and got some others. And we basically do weekly flowers at two or three different resorts, hotels in the Highlands area. And it's a lot of work, but it's, sort of the bread and butter. It's mm-hmm. like a constant income. And I was able to negotiate and set it up and we have a plan. And then I've hired people and we just execute it each week. And it's amazing because it just happens. And it's great, solid income. We're putting our flowers in front of the people we want to put them in front of. Mm-hmm. It gives my designers work during the week and during the winter time when we don't have as much income. And so that's been like a whole nother great gift that I haven't had to physically do. Yeah. It's creating income for my business
1: and supporting my staff. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, that's the kind of same example. Totally. From a photographer perspective, I think of print sales, like having a print shop or having album sales or having a workflow that's repeatable where you've, you've drafted this beautiful client experience. And you're literally just allowing the next client to go through the same experience. So you're not giving people unique experiences because you've actually developed something that's incredible and you can just move them through that same process. So, you know, everybody's getting the same level of care and personal touch and a beautiful experience. There's so much freedom in that for sure. Mm -hmm. Having Mm -hmm. that kind of like baseline for things. Yeah. Yes. It's a lot of
0: work to get set up. And I know you've done a great job with your classes and your tutorials and all kinds of stuff. You're a master of that.
1: Oh, thanks. There's been a a lot of learning years with all of that too. So yeah, I imagine. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Tell us a little more, anybody that's listening and they're like, who is this person and where can I find her work? I want to see, you know, this team of so many beautiful people and floral designers. How can they find you?
0: Okay. Our business is Fluorescence Flowers, and we're located in Brevard, North Carolina, outside of Asheville. And our Instagram is at Fluorescence Flowers. Our website's FluorescenceFlowers.net, and we are kind of just wedding and event florists in the southeast.
1: So, um, not to particularly- brag on you, but you've been featured in like brides, Martha Stewart weddings, Xiaomi pretty town and country. I think you've been, I mean, just about everywhere too. So if you are listening and you don't know her work, you need to go check it out because her work is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. We have, we've been
0: fortunate. And like I said, we've, we get to work with great vendors, great photographers and fabulous venues in the mountains here.
1: So we get lots of destination weddings Well, I'm excited to continue working with you. Can't wait to shoot your beautiful flower work at the next one we do together. Always. Thank you, sweetie. I appreciate it. Nice to talk to you. You too. Thanks for being on. If you enjoyed this podcast today, do us a favor and hit subscribe and then leave us a review. If you're looking for more, you can find us at almondleafstudios.com or on Instagram at almondleaf. Remember, you are enough. You are love, you are light, and you are worthy simply because you exist.